Update at noon, midday to 1 p.m. So for some insights into this issue, we join in the line now by Chief Technology Officer at NetStar, Clifford DeWitt. Clifford, thanks so much for your time. Welcome to Update at Noon. Hi there. Thanks very much for having me. So this was one of uh, the um, specific stats that stood out for me, uh, just in terms of the increase in hijackings across the country, because uh, this seems to have continued at least for the last year, if we look at it. Is that correct? Yeah, we see a very similar trend in our data. And I, I, obviously, we, we, we don't see the entire picture as SAPS does, but I, I think we can obviously take a we can think that with the number of vehicles that we track and the number of customers that we have, we probably have an indicative sort of um, statistic. And we certainly see the same trend in our data, um, certainly uh, an, an increase over the last year and obviously very, very concerning in terms of hijacking specifically. And of course, uh, what the listeners would like to know, Clifford, is whether you're able to, according to your statistics, uh, pinpoint areas that are hotspots, if you will, for hijackings. Yeah, so, so it, it's really hard to pinpoint actual areas. Um, uh, what our data does show us is that certainly Gauteng as a province accounts for almost 50% of the, of the hijackings we see in our entire fleet, uh, followed by, by KZN at about 25%. So those two provinces specifically sort of account for almost 70, 75% of the hijackings that we see across our base. Um, so I guess if you're a resident of those two provinces, I, I guess it's, uh, it, it's something to be concerned about and something to be aware of. If we then sort of look a little bit more deeply at sort of what you can really do about it and how you can potentially avoid these things, we see sort of hijackings predominantly happening in the evenings, you know, late afternoons, early evenings, predominantly people who are coming home from work, people who are dropping their guard in terms of transport home, it's sort of when you're winding down for the day. So we see most of the incidents happening at that time. And we really do try and tell our, our customers that, that they should really be thinking about how they are driving at that point in time. You know, just if you feel something's wrong, just make sure not to stop in your driveway if you think there's something strange happening behind you. If you do stop and your gate is opening, you know, make sure that, that you're, you're aware of the surroundings. That's when we, start, that's when we see most of the incidents happening. Um, another interesting trend that we've picked up is that you know lots of, of ride-sharing uh, ride-sharing operators, you know, people who who operating Taxify or Uber, often um, those drivers might you know do a little bit of, uh, of of side work. So pick up somebody on the side of the road, um, maybe maybe a quick trip when they when they don't have a trip planned. And we've started noticing a trend that those sort of small uh, ride-sharing users are getting hijacked more often from people on the side of the road. So that's another interesting trend that we've picked up that may also add to those numbers. Mm. And then just uh, keeping with those trends for a little while longer, uh, Clifford, which type of cars are mostly targeted by criminals? Yeah, so, so it's 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 not um, we 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 don't see a huge cluster, but but often it's the lower in value cars, um, you know, the the entry level vehicles that that are getting targeted, and that's because you know those are the ones that are in demand and easy to move. So um, you know your entry your entry level models of most vehicles are, are targeted by these by these criminal networks. So. When it comes to jamming devices, because if you think about it now, if you buy a car, your insurance company would most likely expect you to have a tracking device on it. And this, however, does not seem to help much. Um, how rife is the use of jamming devices at this point? Are you able to tell? 
Yeah, so, so uh, we, we specifically, Nesta has a product that where, we, um, where we actually listen for jamming devices close to our vehicle. And so we actually have reasonably good data on, on how often jamming has taken place. And, and we actually proactively tell our, our users that, that, um, that we think your car is potentially being jammed, just watch out. Um, so we do see it fairly often. Um, I'd say it's, we, we see it predominantly sort of in busy areas. So shopping centers, schools, churches, those kinds of places where you have lots of vehicles, um, lots of in and out, you know, lots of movement. That's where we pick up the majority of the jams. And maybe just a safety tip for people out there. You know, if you in if you are um, sort of leaving your vehicle in that type of area, just make sure that your vehicle actually locks because predominantly the jammers are kind of looking to to stop your remote control from your from your car actually locking it. And and I guess the best analogy I have for that is sort of the way they work is that it's basically a device that makes a very loud noise, not not audible to us, but audible to our remote controls and, and the receivers of them. So they just make a very loud noise. And so that when you push your remote control, your device and your car is not able to hear the signal from your remote control because the jam is basically like that noisy guy in a room making a terrible noise and nobody can hear each other talking. And so when those things are operating, what happens is that you press your remote control but your car doesn't actually receive the signal because all it's hearing is the noise of the jammer in the area. And that's basically how jammers operate. So, so if, if you want to make doubly sure, you should just push your remote control, but just check that your lights flash or walk to your vehicle and pull the, pull the handle and make sure that your, your vehicle actually locked. And you'll prevent many, many of these sort of jamming attacks on vehicles like that. Clifford, how accessible are these GPS um, jamming devices, though, to criminals? Uh, you, you know, and shouldn't authorities be dealing with this more proactively? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a good question that, and 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 of and of course that the, the devices themselves are illegal. So so from a legal perspective, it's illegal to to own and operate a jammer. Um, but our networks do tell us that you know they are accessible if you if you know where to ask for them and you know where to buy them, you can get them. And, and in many cases, you know, we, we, we either find these things in vehicles that we recover or we, have, we, we do know that they are being operated. So, so yes, I, I think your question is, is, is well pointed out. I think we, we should be more vigilant on, you know, on stopping the, certainly the supply and the usage of them. And we do see them prem, you know, used very often in, in the cases that we deal with. Well, Clifford, thanks so much. We'll have to leave it there. Thanks, uh, Chief Technology Officer at NetStar, Clifford DeWitt. And uh, interesting, the new trends that Clifford was pointing out in terms of how these syndicates and uh, opportunists, you would think, but criminals all the same, actually operate when it comes to the latest um, modus operandi when hijacking cars. Update at noon, midday to 1 p.m.